Okay, let's head out to Chase Center. Who are we hearing from first? All right, let's hear from Draymond Green. This is live from the Chase Center. Warriors have just completed practice. Hey, Draymond, welcome back. Thank you. I appreciate it. How y'all doing? What's up, Kara? Hey. When your teammates and coaches talked about your suspension, most of them were talking about how they wanted to see you get right as a person, worry about the player later. All of them are really invested in, in making sure you connected to whatever help you needed. How would you describe the type of help you've accepted to be a better person? Uh, I think it's just about, number one, um, knowing what it is. Yeah, that mean, I think so many people throw around the word help. But what actually does that mean? You know, and so I think for me, um, number one was just sitting down with myself and, and figuring out what that means. Uh, you know, when you're, when you talk therapy and all these things, um, therapy only go as far as you take it. Um, you know, when you sit in a therapy session, therapists probably talk 10, 15% of the time and you talk the other 85 or 90. So then what are you talking about? And, um, I think for me, you know, and knowing that and, and understanding that and then going into the process, it's first important to identify what exactly that is. You know, and I think so many people can have their thoughts on what that means. Um, but again, if, if it's not something that you're up to, if it's not, you know, if it's not something that you believe, um, then you're wasting your time. You know, I think, um, one of the best things that happened to me during the process, as soon as I got on the phone uh, for a first initial, he's like, so what's this about? You know, I see all the things in the news. Um, I see all, you know, everything's everyone's saying. How do you feel and what are you thinking? Because uh, again, if you're here, if you're here just to satisfy some obligation or satisfy some public opinion you're wasting my time and yours and, and and that was the most important thing for me that i could hear because that wasn't why i was there you know and um yet you know one would think so and so uh i think you know it's that was a very important part of me starting um but what has been the last four weeks or so uh for me what's up jerry Mont? How much basketball were you able to play or not play? I guess uh, I took some time away uh, from everything. Like, I don't think I touched the ball for the first ten days uh, because it was the least important thing to me. Uh, like, you know, um, I needed a break just from everything, and. One of the best things in the world for me was not waking up the next day like, all right, I got to go get this workout in. I got to go get a lift in. I got to go do this. It was um, it was wonderful waking up. Like, nope, I have an eight-month-old. Um, I have a three-year-old, seven-year-old, a nine-year-old. It was wonderful waking up to them and being home when they wake up and indulging in that process. Um and so I didn't touch a basketball for the first 10 days. Getting audio, James. You know, I started like working again. Uh, you know, then it felt good to get back in the gym. Um, you know, after 
after I've sat with some of my thoughts, you know, after, and I think in, in, in going back after 10 days, it was refreshing to go get a workout in, you know, it wasn't, but it didn't feel like a routine. You know, it didn't feel like I was jumping right back into the, the, the revolving door, if you will, and, and, and just start back spinning. I was like, nope, I'm going to go here today and I'm going to get some shots up. I'm going to go here today and I just really want to get my body moving and get a sweat. It wasn't some routine or with some goal of getting back to the court. It was simply just, nope, this is what I feel like I should go do today. Or this is what I want to go do today. And um, like I said, it, that was that was therapeutic in itself. Uh, you know, you never realize how much, how stressful this job is until you no longer have that stress. And then it's like, whoa. And I think for me, um, you know, I was going through this, going through my, my weeks and I was on one of, the, one of my calls with, with the league, uh, with the PA and Rich and, uh, uh, Rick and Mike. And then they start talking about like, uh, all right, return date. And my body was like, ah, like it just immediately tensed up. And I was like, whoa. That was interesting to me, you know, because it also further confirmed for me what what I had already been thinking about the time that I had off um, and, and just sitting away from everything and like how relaxed I was with everything. And, and to just hear the word return to play and like tense up immediately, it was just kind of a reminder, you know, of like, OK, you're going to start discussing the return now. That's great. Um but you can't fall right back into the just like the tense place. And uh, I think that was such a um, great moment for me to have because the last thing I would want is to come back and have that moment when I'm going on the court, you know? And so to have that moment, um, the first time I heard the word return, um, I thought was also a step for me in the right direction because, wow, you're able to process that right away, like as opposed to living through it and then it's like figuring it out after the fact, you know? You're listening to Draymond Green addressing the media on 95.7 The Game. Clearly need you. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ, FM, and HD1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. I wasn't hurt. Uh, my mind was hurt. My feelings was hurt. Uh, but... It wasn't like some injury cost me off the floor. So it's very urgent because I've cost my team enough. You know, I've cost this organization enough, you know. And so um, it's not a time for me to just come back and be like, all right, I'm going to take my time and get back when I can. No, like you caused this yourself. And so you don't get the grace. And although I'm very appreciative of our organization, um, you know, number one for the support, um, but number two, like, they're putting the plan together to ramp up. If it was up to me, I would love to come back and play right now. Reality is it's probably not the best thing for me or the best thing from an organizational standpoint and and what that looks like moving forward and, and the risk of injury and all those things. But, you know, there's a human component of this as well. And, you know, um, you sit home and you watch these games and <clears throat> as a competitor, you want to help. And so... And then returning, um, it's funny. 
Coach said, welcome back. And film yesterday, and BP started clapping, and they start, and everybody started clapping. I'm like, well, I'm not sure I deserve a round of applause. <laughs> like, but I'll take it. But, you know, it, it's like in, in, in that, like, half joking, but, like, you don't, you don't just get grace and I'll take my time and get back when I can. Like, I'm coming back from a suspension, not an injury. And so there's a huge sense of urgency, and I pushed it like crazy today, and I'm going to push it like crazy every day um, until I can get back on the floor. Because, uh, no, number one, I think it's also important for these guys to know and understand that, you know, I'm I'm not approaching this like, I'm going to just take my time and get back when I can. I'm going to do all that I can to meet the requirements that I have to meet uh, with our performance group in order to get back on the court. And I'm trying to do that as fast as I can. Whatever work that requires, that's what I'll do. Very much. Hi. Nice Hi. to see you. It's good to see you as well. Um, have you? Do you believe you've acquired some skills with the work you've been doing to handle yourself when emotions run sky high and it's a tense moment on the court? so that you don't cross a line or whatever the referees think is crossing a line, whatever it is, how do you control those emotions the next time? And are you finding some, some ways and some techniques to, to do so? I think number one is about, um, first off, understanding your emotions, um, understanding those moments. Uh, my goal is not to come back and worry about crossing the line um, because I still have to come back and play the game the way I know how to play the game and be the best me that I can be for my team to, to help give my team a chance to win. Um, I think, you know, as far as <clears throat> not crossing the line with, with a referee, yes, uh, that's 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 a big point of emphasis for me. Um and, and knowing and understanding um, where that line is. But I didn't make it to this point worried about touching the line. You know, um, you know, I didn't help this team and this organization become what we've become by worried about crossing the line. And so, you know, um, throughout my time away, you kind of go through all, like, work through all these thoughts, right? And, you know, if you would have talked to me two and a half weeks ago, I'm like, I'm not crossing the line. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And, and you know, but as you continue to, to do work and put the work in and as time go by, for me, it's about developing a practice, uh, you know, developing a routine. Um, and I think one of the best things about that is it hasn't been just on me to develop that. You know, I've had uh, support from organization support from the league and developing what those things look like and um that's that's what i plan to do i'm not i'm not going to sit here and tell you like yes i know everything because you don't know what you do in, until you're in a moment you know um but i think going into your in, in, into anything you can only best prepare yourself for what moments you may face and then you'll be put to the test and I'm not, you know, my goal isn't to try to say, oh, man, I'm I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And this is how it's going to look like. You don't know that until I'd be sitting here lying to you. Uh, if I said this is how it's going to look and this is the process, like that's not real. 
Um, but what is real is doing is preparing yourself and doing a lot of self work so that when you are in these moments, you know where you can turn to. You know, it's it's just like anything else. If I catch the ball on the wing, in that moment, I've prepared myself to shoot that ball, right? It's no different. You do the work. Um, and then when those moments present themselves, you lean on your preparation. What's up, Jeremy? What up? Um, you said in, in the past and even in recent weeks that like a certain mindset has gotten you to this point um, since you were 15 and Saginaw has gotten you from when you were in the second round pick. Um, what's the journey been like knowing that that's been your mindset and then finding out that's not sustainable at this point in your life and then trying to figure out another way in real time? I don't think it's not sustainable. Um, you know, you don't make it to this point if it wasn't sustainable. Um, but like, let's face it, like antics, antics isn't something that got me here. And so when I look back on these situations, it's like, can you remove the antics? I'm very confident I can remove the antics and I'm very confident if I do remove the antics, no one's worried about how I play the game of basketball. You know, nobody's worried about um, how I carry myself in the game of basketball, but it's the antics. And um, so that's my focus. You know, it's not on changing who I am completely. Like, you don't change the spots on the leopard. Like, it's just not going to happen. And I'm not going to try to set some unrealistic expectation of like, who's this person going to be? Like, it's not real, and that's not sustainable. Uh, I've always said before, I, I, could, I know how to be me a lot better than I can be anyone else. But in saying that, can I accept the fact that my, my antics has been over the top? Of course. Can I remove those? Am I capable of removing those? Of course. And I think with, without that, then I don't think there is much of an issue, but it's the antics that can go. And and um, I've made a commitment to do things to make sure that those don't creep in. And speaking of those antics, you know, throughout those times, the front office, Steve Kerr, they've all stuck by you, right? It publicly, you know, and even in privately step as well. Um, what is, in, in a way that maybe other organizations maybe haven't stood by other players, what do you think that that is, says about your relationship with this team and this front office and this organization? I think, number one, um, you know, as I said before in my podcast, like, they know me. You know, they know me the person, not just the basketball player. And uh, their support is not something that I take for granted, you know, and I think um, I've had my my shortcomings and my failures and, and where I've fallen extremely short of upholding my end of the bargain. But I am also a firm believer in reciprocity. And I think to Steph, to them, um, you know, whoever, coach, front office, this organization, I give my all to, you know, um, as a person, as a basketball player, um, in these personal relationships, I think I reciprocate that. Now, I've had issues that 
I can admit haven't been the best and they've had to stick with me through. And I'm very appreciative of that. Um, I don't take that for granted one bit. Um, But I can only show that appreciation through my play and through as I continue to move forward and, and show the growth that I've experienced over the last few weeks, which is just in the just the beginning. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not going to come up here and be like, oh, man, it's been three and a half weeks or like, here we go. Like, it's not real. Um, but, you know, I think what I know over these three and a half weeks, I have grown some and started a path to further grow and uh, and dedicated myself to that path. And so ultimately, you just want the opportunity to show them that. Um, and I think that's the best way I, I, I can sit here and say thank you um, a million times till I'm blue in the face. Or in which, you know, I do thank them. But ultimately, what, what shows that appreciation is my growth moving forward. And that's what I plan on doing. Okay. Um, oh, oh, thanks. Sorry. Um, no, I'm trying to thought. We've had a couple of these, you know, press conferences with you either right after an incident or after your time away. And you're always clear of like when you want to apologize and when you don't want to apologize. So after the league decides, hey, this is it's an indefinite suspension and it's not a normal, like clear cut suspension. I mean, how do you how was it to buy in? to that indefinite suspension and the steps that you did have to take, you're just talking about, you know, therapy and, and really self-reflection. Was that an easy thing for you to open yourself up to, or did it take some time? I think it was a very easy thing for me to open myself up to from a personal standpoint. Um, because like I said, I needed the time, you know, I needed, um, to regather myself, to recenter myself, to recalibrate, um, to take a step back. It's hard to see things when you're just in it, you know, and you're like every day you're in this thing. It's hard to sometimes see what's necessary to see. And so from that standpoint, it was very easy um, to accept. Fortunately and unfortunately, I play a team sport. And so when you look at what that does to the team, that's a very tough thing to accept because Ultimately, you're letting so many people down. Like it's by the way, it's not just my teammates. Like there's a lot of people, jobs riding on the success that we have as players. And so most of those people, all of those people don't make the money we make. Um and so it's even more dire, right? And so I think for me to let all of those people down, obviously my teammates, like that goes without saying, my coach staff, but it goes so far beyond that. Like the reality is if Steve was fired today, he'll be fine. Like if I was cut today or something, I'll be fine. But like that's not the case for all the people that pour into us so that you can then see that product on the floor at 7 p.m. on given night on Wednesday night. 
You're listening to Draymond Green. It's his first practice back, and he's meeting with the media since his suspension on 95.7 The Game. Livelihoods riding on that. And I know I am a key to that success. So when you sit back, it's like, all right, yeah, you do need the time, but like, don't lose sight of the, the people you're screwing along the way, you know? And, uh, and so I think, you know, um, accepting what the league handed down was the easy part, uh, you know, from a personal standpoint. But from a team standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, um, I care about people. And so just to know the people I'm screwing along the way, that, that, that part sucks. And by the way, that feeling didn't go away. Like, that's currently still here. Like, um and so the only way that I can be better and make that or make that right is to be better moving forward. Did you have those thoughts, though? Because, I mean, just maybe three weeks before this suspension, you were suspended for five games. Like, do you have did, was there a similar thought process of like, I'm screwing over all these people for that? Or or was it because the league was like, hey, we need you really to to have that time to have dedicated reflection? Uh, no, I didn't quite have those thoughts during the five-game suspension. And I also don't think it was because the league was like, hey, you need time to reflect. Because um, I think, you know, it's it's not necessarily a time thing. But when it is indefinite, you don't know what that means either. You know, and so that could be, like, who knows what. It's indefinite. And so, but like I said before, I think, having the time allows you to process those thoughts. And I'm also appreciative to the league for the indefinite suspension. You know why? Because it was no goal to return. You know, it was no, all right, I'm going to work and get through these five games. So as soon as the five games is up, I'm back. Like, you know, a part of the indefinite and in returning was being in a better space. And so to allow my mind to process what it looks like in getting in a better space, I think you're able to then sit with those thoughts. But to like sit for five games, I'm targeting the return date. There was no target until two days before it was announced to you all that I'm the, the ban would be lifted. There was no target the entire time. And I think when there is no target like that, it allowed me to process all these things. It allowed me to not have the stress and the plan of working towards a return, you know, um, it allowed me to come to some realizations that I needed and wanted to come to. And so I think that's more so that for me than anything. Hey, Draymond. Okay. Hey, Draymond. Hey. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, your transparency throughout this entire process has been unprecedented. We've not really seen this from any athlete. And in all the things that you've said, you could look at your message and say it could be to the youth in Saginaw. It could be to your son one day. It could be to the fans. It could be to your team. When you look at the way that you've allowed us to get the peek behind the curtain, as you've mentioned, what's inspiring that? What relationships are you thinking about when you allow us into this process for you? Um, I think several. Uh Number one is my family, my friends, those close to me. Um, you know, you 
in going through this, like, you realize how many people is affected, like, just through the whole process, you know? And so I think that's a big deal. Um, I do have, I have children, you know, and you want to make sure they see the right thing. And because parenting is a, a, all built and based on trial and error, um, some mixture of what my parents showed me that I thought was great and what I didn't necessarily think was so great, I'm going to try to do this, right? Like, it's no guide, it's no handbook. To, I mean, maybe there are some handbooks out there, but I ain't never read one. Um because even if it taught me something about my nine-year-old, my three-year-old is totally different. So, and understanding that there's no guide, there's no handbook, I, I also understand that they've been um, made, or, yeah, I mean, they've been put in a position to have to deal with some things as well. And so if you put someone in a position to have to deal with things, and it's not just my kids, but as as far as my kids do go, if you let them see you f up, then you got to let them see you make it right. You got to let them see your growth. You got to let them see you take ownership. Um, can't just run and hide. And although. Throughout my time, I wanted to run a hide. Um, as I told you, I considered retiring. Like, that's running a hide. Um, regardless of what drive those feelings, that would be in that situation running and hiding. Because guess what? You're not really leaving on your terms. Uh, you're running from something. And so I think, uh, and then, you know, you start talking about youth and, um, not you, you know, adults, like adults struggle with accountability. I know I do sometimes. Maybe y'all don't, but I definitely struggle with accountability sometimes. And um, I've never been a me guy. Like, it's not all about me. And so in a situation like this, can I help someone else grow? If I help one person grow, incredible. Like, great. Uh, because that leads us all to a better place. If I can help one person grow from my shortcomings, from my failures, um, you want people to love when you're doing something great, right? Like you want people to go crazy when you're doing something great and you want to feel that love. Well, like don't run from it when it ain't so great, you know, don't. And so I think, um, my goal is that a lot of people can learn from it and yeah. My goal is most importantly is to grow. And I think if I can show growth in the position, like there's a responsibility that comes with the positions that we're in. And, you know, I've always been one to say, like, ah, that's your business. Like, it ain't really my business. But the reality is, it's like there is a responsibility. And to whom much and given much is required. And so I think allowing the world to see that. There's growth out there for everyone. And your growth may not be the growth that I need, uh, but it's all relative. And so, and, and, and sliding the curtain back and let everybody take a peek. 
I let everybody take a peek when it wasn't right. Um, some full display in front of the world. So don't try to hide now. Like there, there's a stage for you to allow people to see growth. And because I'm so dedicated to growing, I don't mind you taking a peek because I know ultimately what I want the result to be in the end. And I'll probably mess up along the way. And that's all a part of growing. Like it's no linear path to growing. If you find a straight line to anything, come holler at me as fast as it tear back down. It's, it's just, that's just not the reality. And so, um, I've always been quite of an open book. Why well, start running the high now? Draymond, hey Draymond. Um, hey. You said I've cost uh, my team enough. Do you, you you played with Steph your whole career, um, one of the greatest players the NBA has ever seen. How concerned are you that you may have cost him some of you know these moments of his prime? Um. I don't necessarily looking at I don't necessarily look at it as costing him some moments of his prime uh because we're all in this together right like one of us fell we're all failing uh it's a team sport I think for me personally I care more about the person like how am I affecting the person I can care less about a prime if I'm honest uh because I don't see his prime coming to an end no time soon. But like, how are you affecting the person that care about you? You know, um, you know, I spoke about the, uh, the Stephen A incident on my podcast. Like, then that's something he got to live with, you know, um, forcing him to carry more weight than he necessarily would have to carry. What effect does that have on him? Uh, even more so from a basketball standpoint, like it matters more to me how I affect the person. Now, um, as far as this team goes, like definitely affected this team in a negative way, but it's not, uh, it, I mean, it can be repaired. Like we're still what? 36 games into an 82 game season. There's a chance to make it right. And that's my goal and that's my focus. And I think in doing that, you know, it, it, it helps Steph, it helps all of us. Um, but you know, I don't I don't necessarily look at it from a daily basis of like, ah, I affected his prime, I affected the person. You're listening to Draymond Green. He's talking to the media after his first practice back with the Golden State Warriors after being suspended. You're listening to ninety five seven the game actually think it's selfish of me um to be like oh, i'm affecting him this way no like how are you affecting his mind also like how are you affecting how he show up to work and what that looks like on a daily basis like there's so much more to this game because we're actual human beings playing this game like and i think that gets lost that gets lost so often of like no nah, like that's a real person that's dealing with these things and these things can be heavy. And so I, I more so worry about how I affected the person, you know, maybe I'm wrong for looking at it that way and not 
thinking about it from how I affected this prom, but I still worry more about how I'm affecting the overall person and than just one specific thing. Sorry, Mark, sir. Thank you. Um, just two part thing. First of all, to be clear, you do not have a return date as of yet. No, not not yet. But I'm pushing um, to make that as soon as possible. As soon as I get to go, I know our performance staff have put a, put a plan together. Um, as soon as I get to go, I'll be ready to go. But like that goal is also Kirsch Kerr. Like, you know, I don't. I said before, you don't just get to walk back in like when you want to walk in. Like that goal is also Steph. You know, like that goal is the guys in the locker room. Like, you know, I don't like the league was one thing, but like it's so much bigger than that. Like you owe I owe a lot to these guys. And so the goal is also on them. You know, it's not just up to me. Um I don't I don't necessarily view it that way. Uh, when 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 I get to go from our staff, our performance staff, our coaching staff, our guys, like that's all a part of it. It's not just on me. And where's your conditioning level? Like, I think I'm a pretty in pretty good condition, but it's it's so much more than that. You know, like reintegrating yourself into the team. I didn't I didn't see these guys for the whole time. And that was very intentional. Um but like that's all a part of. And and lastly, um what did you miss the most during your time away and what did it feel like driving up to the arena, walking in, coming back to work? Um what you missed the most is you know, I, I sit and I watch our games. Um and what you miss the most is just being able to be there for the guys. Like, man, it's hard to win NBA games. I think you know, we've had times where we've made it look easy. It's hard, like, as hell to win an NBA game. So when you see guys struggling, um, you just want to help. But in the same breath, I wasn't sitting there like, ah, I need to get back. I need, I can change this. I could, like, that was the whole, that was the whole point of like not being here. Um, I didn't think guys needed to hear my voice. Like, but yet if I see something, I'm going to try to help. And I just thought that was wrong. Like, especially with no return date, just to be around the guys and like working out and like open-endedly practicing and work like I just didn't think that was right I didn't think it was right for for um them to even have the uncertainty you know it's almost like you're out of sight you're out of mind and it don't quite always happen that way in in our sport because it's a I mean it's a win or lose sport and so when the wins are piling up everybody's great when you're losing, everything feels like it's falling apart because that's what that's what it's all based off of. And so I just didn't think um, that they should be susceptible to, to more than I had already kind of made them have to face. And seeing me every day was one of those things. Um, and so, 
I would just say being with the guys, like the camaraderie. It's unfortunate that we haven't had the season that we've all thought we would be having up until this point because it's a great group of guys that really enjoy being around each other. And that hasn't always been the case. And so I think I miss that more than anything, but I wasn't just like missing playing because playing wasn't on my mind. Like if, if playing was on my mind then I think I would have been doing myself a disservice and everyone else around me a disservice. So that wasn't really uh, my focus. My focus was my path. Uh, my growth, but I, the things that I want to do, my family, um, and making sure that whenever that day came, if it did come, that I returned to this team, that I was in a better space and able to provide for them what I need to provide. And I think I'm in a great space, but just being able to help the guys. No problem. All righty, that's it. Draymond Green just got done meeting the media for about 30, 35 minutes. Man. Got into everything. Thoughts? Well, he definitely spoke his truth, and it was certainly an extension of the podcast episode he released yesterday. I mean, I think there was a lot in there, and... You know, from the beginning, the thought on therapy being the only being something that you can go only as far as you're willing to go with it. Um, the fact that he didn't touch a ball for ten days after being indefinitely suspended. Uh, the fact that his body tensed up at the mention of a return date. You know, the goal is to worry about not crossing a line. He feels like he can leave the antics in the past. It certainly sounds great. And I, I think Draymond has had more time than ever to reflect. And this is a part of who Draymond Green is at the end of the day. No doubt. I mean, no doubt. he always has kind of gone through these cycles. So I know we can dig into it next. All right. 888-957-9570 is the number. We're going to do things a little bit differently today because we took the Draymond Green press conference. Uh, if you want to react to it, uh, now's the time. 888-957-9570. Um, now it's just a question of where do we go from here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. All right, Matt Steinmetz along with Evan Giddings. Let's head back out to Chase Center. We just heard from Draymond Green, who finished his first practice after his suspension was lifted. Let's take a listen to Steve Kerr, who's talking to the media right now. Together. Um, you had said welcome back, and BP had started a round of applause, essentially, and Draymond was like, I don't necessarily feel like I've deserved that, but I'll take it. Um, that concept of reintegrating yourself from a voice perspective is very different than the ramp up from a physical perspective. Right. How, in your experience, have you seen when a player comes back from a suspension, um, whether it's Draymond or anyone in your career, comes back from a suspension where there's this concept of potentially losing respect in the locker room or having any concern about, you know, keeping the morale of the team up with this person coming back. How have you seen players do this well and how have you encouraged Draymond to to do the same? Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm um it's a great question. <clears throat> um and I know that Draymond um 
just spoke with you for half an hour and I, I don't know what he told you. I, I know he had his podcast, so I know he's, he's talked a lot about, you know, his feelings. Um, uh, I think he shared with you my conversation with him um, about no more butts. Did he? Yeah. He shared that with he you. He said that on his podcast, he said Hazel had actually said the same thing to him too. Yeah. 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 And, and I just think there has to be, um, there has to be a sense that um, it, it, there can't be a, an explanation that follows the apology, and it's not an apology. So what what I'm looking for, what the team's looking for, what I think Draymond knows is expected, is no more buts. Just you know, an apology needs to be an apology. And then you move on, but then you have to learn from that apology. That's just kind of basic standard, you know, behavior. And that's what we need. We need him at his best. We need, um, there, there's a, you know, what makes Draymond great is his, uh, bravado, his emotion. Um, what makes Steph great is his confidence, uh, mixed with his humility. And it's an, it's interesting um, to watch how powerful humility can be. And um, I saw it with Tim Duncan all the time. Um, and I think everybody's different, you know, so I don't expect Draymond to all of a sudden behave like Steph Curry or Tim Duncan. I want him to behave like himself, but there needs to be some humility in the wake of everything that's happened uh, that goes along with that bravado. We still need the bravado. We still need the emotion, but we need the humility that comes when you know you're wrong, when you've made serious mistakes, when you've put your team at peril, um, when you've potentially harmed other people, opponents, teammates. Um, that balance is the key to all of this. And Draymond knows that he and I have had that discussion Um He's been away for a while. He's had a lot of time to reflect. I think that's what we're all looking for. One of the things he mentioned within all this is like, you know, a point of emphasis for him is like to, to not cross the line with officials. And, you know, that's not something he will get suspended for. You know, a T is a T within a game. But how much of that, you know, are you watching that aspect as he comes back, the small stuff, the in-game stuff uh, for him to to try to cut out? It's a big part of it, and we've talked about it. Um, it's, uh, you know, can he walk that line? Can he still play with fire and energy um, but leave the officials alone? Um, that's the challenge. It's going to be a big challenge, but um, we're going to ask him to do that. And um, it, it, we, we need that so that we can focus on the game. Um, our, his teammates need that so that we can focus on all of the little details that are eluding us right now, that are keeping us from being a consistent team. So that's what we're asking of him. Obviously, bigger issues at stake, but there is a countdown towards February 8th, less, less than a month. Uh, whenever he's back, presumably, you know, it's not too long from now. Do you feel like there's going to be enough time to assess what this team is like? with him out there, what this team needs, what this team might have to do. Um, is that enough time to assess everything? Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've had plenty of time to assess uh, the team uh, this year and the last couple of years. Um, I, I, I think, um, I don't think that's going to be an issue.
Steve, how do you assess the pace your team is playing at? Last year, you guys were first in league in pace. This year, you're middle of the pack, sub 100 possessions per game. Do you like the tempo of your offense right now? We didn't want to be the uh, fastest team in the league after um, how we played last year, you know, because of our turnovers. Um, the, uh, the combination last year of the turnovers and um, bad shots in transition uh, led to us being at the bottom of the league in points per possession in transition, 28th. That's a bad combination. If you're going to run every time and not score efficiently, that's not going to lead to many wins. So we wanted to come in this year, um, slow the pace down a little bit. We still want to push every time we have an advantage and throw the ball ahead. Um, but I felt more comfortable, uh, especially with Chris coming aboard, that, that our pace would slow down a little bit. What this team needs is to find the balance. You know, we, we just, we've actually turned it over, uh, way less frequently now here the last couple of weeks. Um, but, um, it, it, you know, we need to find the, the right balance between uh, how fast we're playing, how efficiently we're scoring. Um, I think the last 15 games were second in the league in offensive efficiency. So finding a much better balance, um, but we're not defending. And so we're, you know, we're trying to, uh, to put it all together. And it's, a, it's been a big challenge, obviously. How did Draymond look today? And, you know, obviously every game for you guys right now is pretty important. How, quickly do you, are you guys going to try to get him back i think he looked pretty good um he he's uh he definitely needs to play more basketball before he's ready to to step onto an nba floor um just for his rhythm and his time he's always been a player who um is going to make quick decisions and push the envelope um but the timing of everything matters. Um, his skill in terms of his, uh, you know, handling the ball because he's pushing in transition, all that stuff really matters. And so he needs to find some rhythm here over the next week or two, and we'll see where it all goes. I, I know part of w when he was out, it was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Don't worry about it rotationally. But I, now that he's back and his return is is, is close, uh, how do you start to look at the dominoes that are going to go yeah. in the starting lineup, all that? Uh, and do you almost already start implementing some stuff, you know, in anticipation? It's been the story of the season, really. Um, you know, trying trying to find uh, the right uh, combinations, uh, particularly in the starting lineup. The uh, the strength of the team, um, besides you know Steph, obviously, has been the second unit uh, with Chris and and Dario, kind of anchoring that unit. Um, th those have been our best lineups uh, all year. Um, but now with Chris out, obviously that jumbles not only the second unit, but uh, the starting unit. So we we have a lot to figure out for sure. Would Draymond coming back lessen the interest in, in playing Kaminga and Wiggins together? Uh, and after the last game, are you less interested in seeing those two guys together given it, the results? Yeah, I mean, it's just tough. Like, we know this from, you know, Steph is such a unique player um, that the combinations around Steph um, really make a big difference. And um, I, you know, I, I, we've, we've been, trying a lot of different things this year. Um, but, you know, I, I've said the last week we, we'd like to try that uh, more. Um, and it really didn't go well, clearly, the other night. So it's it's tough when you're where we are in 11th place in the West, I think. Um, it's tough to continue to experiment with things that really aren't 
you know, proving to be uh, very um, successful. So um, it still could happen, but um, I'm be perfectly honest, I'm less inclined to do it now. Steve, uh, you talked about defending everything you guys have built over the last 10 years and nothing lasts forever. And Draymond on his podcast mentioned the thought of retirement. Did that come up in your conversation? And, and can, can you run us through like, what that's like as these players kind of talk about the end? Obviously, you're still playing, but Clay had mentioned something. You had a conversation recently. So just kind of that mindset that those guys are in, especially the big three. Yeah, I mean, without really talking about my my own conversation with Draymond, uh, I mean, I, I just think that... Um, uh, my own experience as a player, when you get older um, and you start thinking about what's next, it's a it's a very unique uh, situation to professional sports where you're you know 33 years old and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with for the rest of your life. Um, it's strange, you know. I, I remember Phil Jackson used to tell us in Chicago that uh, when an, an athlete dies, uh, when an athlete retires, a part of him dies. And I didn't really understand it until I retired. And then I felt it. It's like part of your identity, part of your everyday ritual routine. It just disappears. And it feels so bizarre. And um, and I think as you get older and you're down to the, your last couple of years, you start to recognize this is coming and it's a little intimidating. And that puts a lot of interesting thoughts in your head. You know, how am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? Um, some guys transition pretty well. Some guys struggle with it, but um, everybody thinks about it. And, you know, every other or most other careers, you know, you're not thinking about this until 62. Uh, in the NBA, you're thinking about it at 32 and uh, or even younger. And um, so it's not it's not easy for these guys to to go through it. All right, that was Steve Kerr. He met the media just minutes ago after practice. That'll do it for Steiny and Guru. Stay tuned for Willard and Dibs on the other side. They'll have plenty to talk about warrior wise. Five o'clock, they'll have Steve Kerr on live to talk about uh, everything that's going on with the Warriors, and there's a lot going on with the Warriors. Willard and Dibs next on 95.7 The Game. Start your wellness journey at Whole Foods Market. Get 33% off all supplements with Prime through January 9th.